0: Good morning and welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Today I am talking about Pastor Rick Warren's view of his flock's problems and also in a sort of a part two, a tale of how Google suppresses results. Now, a few days ago, A clip of the former pastor of Saddleback Church, Rick Warren, made the rounds. It was Warren on camera explaining to an off camera person his philosophy of ministry. He led the cameraman and us, the viewers, through his massive library to what is called his bucket of ministry, which was an actual bucket. In the corner of his library containing tools and implements. Warren said that when people ask him what does a minister do, he refers them to his bucket. Of the tools, the staff, he said, represents that he's a shepherd. The fruit picker reminds him that people grow fruit in their lives. The pitchfork stands for a minister's cultivation of people the sword stands for battle, and so on, each implement representing a different aspect of how he views ministry. He lifted the shovel last and said, quote, 90% of the time you're scooping poop, you deal with people's problems and their mess, and that's really what a pastor does, end quote. Well, I thought... Um, that was pretty devastating. Despite having in his bucket of ministry a staff, a pitchfork, a sickle, fruit picker, fishing rod, sword, and tennis racket for serving, representing all the different aspects of a pastor's work, Warren focused on the shovel as a tool that represents 90% of what he does and saying straight to the camera, without any sense of embarrassment, that the shovel represents his own people's issues and concerns as excrement. I really did think this was a devastating moment, revealing the heart of this man who is in fact a wolf. Now, here's the lesson part. Many times people don't accept that That man or this woman is a wolf because they envision the wolf as an ugly, snarling, drooling, feral animal, which it is. But the wolf doesn't appear to the Christian as that. He appears as a nice, helpful, kind, soft-spoken sheep. And those two views don't jibe with the person's view. They can't reconcile it. So they discount the wolf aspect, because all they see is smiles and seeming helpfulness. But the mouth reveals all things which pour from the heart, says Luke 6.45. So, dear sisters, we must listen and we must look deeper when assessing a person claiming to be a Christian, especially one who teaches. I think not enough people understand that this is an urgent verse. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. Matthew ten sixteen. Now, as for Pastor Rick, as he is known, it would do him well, in my opinion, to heed this verse. Matthew 6, 19-21 Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that part is reflective of the massive accumulation of stuff in his library. Just one item, he said he has 4,000 books signed by the author. He's got hundreds of thousands of books, but 4,000 of them signed by the author, which he noted was, in a framed certificate, a Guinness Book of World Records. Anyway, a true godly spirit-raised shepherd is supposed to care for his flock because the shepherd knows that the Lord purchased his people with his own blood. His people are really only temporarily given to the shepherd. They are, in truth, the great high priest's people. Jesus, as the great shepherd, did not consider his people's concerns to be excrement. He healed the blind with compassion. He touched lepers. He counseled Martha in kindness. He gently spoke to Nicodemus, addressing his concerns and questions with love. Jesus did not put on one public face to his people and then retired to Capernaum for the night. complain about having to shovel their poop. Acts 20, 28 says, Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. It just is a good idea to remember that shepherds are supposed to be gentle, kind, Not that they never rebuke or discipline, but to remember that God purchased these people, these precious people, with his own blood. Now, if you have a good pastor who crafts his own sermons, who shepherds his monies for the betterment of the kingdom and not to accumulate or boast, a man who loves you with a gospel love, then you have a good pastor pray for him. Now the part two is, I trust little online these days. When I saw that clip with Rick Warren saying what he said, I wanted to verify with a larger context. I mean, maybe the clip went on and he said, just kidding, or maybe it was cut off so as to manipulate our view of him, or maybe it wasn't, you know, all of it in total, as it seemed, maybe his words were cut and edited somehow. So I searched for the whole context, and I found quickly that it was from a January 2022 hour and 45 minute interview from Carrie Newhoff, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, N-I-E-U-W-H-O-F, of Warren on YouTube. It was an interview called, quote, Rick Warren on finishing well, why Mega Church pastors fail, and lessons learned over 42 years at Saddleback. It looked like the same one. Warren was in his massive library leading an off-camera person through it, pausing to stop and explain certain objects. So I slid the slider looking for that part about the bucket of ministry. I did not see it, not in the whole hour and 45-minute interview. Hmm, maybe it was edited out? So I went back and asked the original tweeter where she got it from, but received no answer. So I decided to search further on my own, and here is what I discovered. Ultimately, I still did not discover the original video containing the context around that aforementioned clip, but I found a blog article about it from people I know to be resourceful. And here's what else I found. Google suppresses results. I used the Chrome browser and Google and I searched for Rick Warren in quotes with a plus that forces that phrase and plus poop. The results were zero. It yielded nothing. Now the interview was just eleven months ago, and I saw the clip of Warren saying it. So why are there no results? And so I went on to try various search terms, but still found nothing. Nothing. Hmm. I have another browser called Decenter, and that browser uses DuckDuckGo for its searches, not Google. And guess what? I used the very same search term, and immediately there was a result. It is an article on Dissenter. D-I-S-N-T-R. It's not affiliated with the browser I just mentioned, named Dissenter. It's simply a blog that used to be called Reformation Charlotte, renamed Dissenter. Minus the E's. D-I-S-N-T-R. So. Isn't that interesting? No results at all on Google, but immediately a result came up using DuckDuckGo. The result was titled, a blog titled, quote, Rick Warren brags about massive library larger than your house, yet he still has terrible theology. So I decided to Google my question. I asked Google, quote, does Google suppress results? And I received a lot of explanations from Google, high-minded, explaining sincerely that if there are too many results, they limit the number, or if there's a potential for identity theft, they limit that. Well, sounds helpful, eh? Well, not so much. If you ask the same question on DuckDuckGo using Center Browser, You get an article at the top of the results from Business Insider, quote, Google reportedly manipulates search results to hide controversial subjects and favor big business, end quote. Well, with what we now know for certain about Twitter, thanks to Elon Musk, its new CEO, who unveiled the dirty acts of the Twitter execs, then yes, of course it stands to reason Google does the same. Don't be evil, Google. Don't be evil. That was their original motto, you know, Google. Don't be evil. So I went back to Google and Chrome browser and searched using that exact title of the blog. And it failed to lead me to the article. It wasn't there. It was referenced in a few pages, but the blog itself did not yield in the search results, even using the exact title. Now, I quoted it, I mean, I linked to it on the blog, so you can read that. It's a reminder to my dear readers that Google is not the be-all or end-all of searching. As time progresses and the world hates Christianity more and more, hates even anything smacking of conservatism, this kind of thing will occur as a matter of course until the day when even posting a simple Bible verse will be suppressed. Now, I named this blog The End Time because we are in the time of the end. This means that the prophecies about Jesus' return could be fulfilled at any moment. His appearing during this long era has always been imminent. So. With that truth on the forefront of our minds, we as believers should be about his business, sharing the gospel, glorifying him daily, and with fervor. Right now, it's easy and free to share edifying content. It may not always be so. Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.